are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on June 1st of 2022. Uh, I don't have a ton going on with individual stories this week, but we're going to go back to uh, the division breakdown for the second one of the year. Uh, and then we'll end with players of the week like we always do. But before we get to all of that, how are you doing, Matt? Doing pretty good. Um, had a uh, had a good Memorial Day. I hope everyone else out there had a good Memorial Day, too. Um, it's been a pretty pretty nice week. Good to, glad to have a short week, uh, you know, being off work Monday. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk about some baseball. Yeah, it was nice to have that uh, that extra day. Uh, for sure, of not having to go to work, but we'll go ahead and jump right into the to the division breakdown. We'll go ahead and start in the American League East um, with the Yankees leading the division by five and a half games over the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you got the Tampa Bay Rays in third place, six games back. And then you got a steep drop off to the Boston Red Sox, who are eleven and a half games back, and then the seller of the division being the Baltimore Orioles, fourteen games back. Yeah, so starting off uh, looking at the Yankees, they've been, um, you know, they, they haven't been rolling along quite as much as they were, but they've still been really solid. Uh, their last ten games are just five and five, which, you know, is is still fine. I mean, if they go five, if they go five hundred the rest of the year, they're going to be in the playoffs. But um, they've been, uh, their pitching's been outstanding. Um, you know, between Nestor Cortez, Garrett Cole, and uh, even uh, Jamison Tayon's had a really, really nice year so far. Uh, Jordan Montgomery's been pretty good. Um, you know, their, their starting pitching has been really what's carrying them. Their bullpen has been pretty good. It's been a lot of uh, unexpected contributions. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen this month that they've lost Chad Green um, and, and Aroldis Chapman, both to the IL. Aroldis Chapman was really struggling to start with. and uh, But guys like Michael King and uh, Clay Holmes have really stepped up for them and, and been you know, everything they could have hoped for. So uh, this team, and their offense is fine in a way. Aaron Judge is playing really well. Stanton's been good and bad. He's been a little streaky, but he kind of always is. And, uh, you know, you look at, um, you know, you look at them uh, as a team that, I mean, they got their bats. I mean, they're, they got seven guys in their, you know, their, that are everyday starters so far that have a, a WRC plus above 100. Um and, uh, yeah, this team's just kind of rolling along right now. Yeah, the Yankees are just looking like the team that most people expect them to be the past couple of years. Um, and that starting rotation was really a big question mark coming into the year. A lot of people didn't know what you were going to get out of Jameson Tyon. You didn't know what you were going to get out of Luis Severino. You didn't know what you were going to get out of Jordan Montgomery. Was he going to be able to take that next step? And I think all of them have pretty much exceeded expectations so far on top of Garrett Colby and the guy that we pretty much expected all all along um you know the blue jays the team in second which they had started off kind of slow but when eight and two this past week they're starting to close that gap a little bit um you're starting to see guys you know vlad's been pretty good but he's been picking it up a little bit late as of late george springer's been swinging a pretty good bat um that pitching rotation has come around jose barrios had a, a really rough last start against the angels um this weekend but his couple starts before that had been really well um, it just seems like that team's starting to round into kind of what we expected a little bit more, um, you know, to start the season. And then the Rays, I mean, they're just the Rays. They're going to find a way. Um, you know, they were playing 500 baseball over the last 10 as well. They're going to hang around, and they'll go on some run later on that we didn't expect them to go on and pull into, you know, be in that division race right at the end. Yeah, looking at the uh, looking at the Blue Jays first, they've. They, I am a little worried about their starting pitching because Kevin Gossman's been unbelievably good. 
and uh, then Alec Manoa has been really good too. But then beyond that, I mean, they really haven't been all that good on the starting pitching front. Um, you would like to see Jose Barrios get going, but he's really, really, really been bad this year. He's got a 501 uh, FIP and a 716 expected ERA number, which is insanely bad. That get the ball on the ground. And he's really not getting swings and misses on his curveball, which has been his, you know, that's his pitch is this curveball. And I don't know if maybe he's struggling a little bit with a different ball this year. I don't know what it could be, but uh, he's been horrendous so far. Uh, not getting strikeouts at all. I mean, it, it's been bad. He's given up tons of home runs. But uh, their bullpen's kind of middle of the pack. Jordan Romano's been really solid as their closer. David Phelps has been good. Adam Simber's been good. Uh, their bullpen's been pretty solid. Their lineup, they're going to get going a little bit more than they have so far. Um, you know, as you said, Vlad Jr. hitting 249, 342, 438 on his slash line. That's still a 120 WRC plus, but he's only got a 256 batting average on balls in play. You would fully expect that number to come up. Uh, I am a little bit worried about Bo Bichette and uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, those guys have both had, had trouble with their approach at the plate. Uh, you look at Bo Bichette, a 4% walk rate, 25% strikeout rate on the season. It's a struggle. Matt Chapman's been incredibly unlucky on his batted balls, too. So, uh, you know, his offensive numbers look pretty bad. But I, I really think that if he can continue to hit the ball exactly like he has so far, that he'll actually get going some. It's just a little bit of bad luck. And, um, you know, George Springer has been George Springer at the plate. He's been your typical George Springer. So uh, this is a team that I think they're showing some signs of getting going a little bit. They're 8-2 in their last 10 games. They're ahead of the White Sox right now tonight. Uh, I think they will end up being the challenger to the Yankees in the, in the division. And then you mentioned the Rays. Uh, you know, they're kind of doing Rays things, like you say. Uh, I think that uh, one really cool thing for that team is that every year it seems like when they lose a top-flight starting pitcher, they find another guy. Like, you know, they lose Blake Snell, then Tyler Glass now becomes this insanely good pitcher. You know, they lose Tyler Glass now to his Tommy John surgery. Now Shane McClanahan is just this insanely good pitcher, uh, which, you know, he was a top prospect, obviously. But, I mean, Shane McClanahan's been one of the best pitchers in the big league so far this year. Um, he's got a 183 XFIP, and, uh, you know, his, his ERA at a 2.01. In 58 innings is just unbelievable. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at this team, and I think they could use a little bit more depth in their starting rotation. They do such a good job of mixing and matching that it really doesn't matter as much to them as it does for some teams. And then offensively, I mean, uh, you look at Wander Franco. Uh, look, Man Manuel Margot has a 154 WRC+. Plus. Uh, I know he's missed some games, but, man, he, like, it's just it's incredible. Brett Phillips has actually been really good. He hadn't been great at the plate, but – He's one of those guys that he's such a good defender. If he can just be good enough at the plate to not be an automatic out, he's going to be a pretty solid player. He's already put up one war this year. Uh, and, and some of their guys still haven't gotten going yet. Like Brandon Lau hasn't really gotten going yet. Uh, Randy Rosarena hasn't really gotten going yet. So I really like this Rays team. I don't know if they're going to challenge the Yankees, but I expect them to challenge that wild card spot yet again. Yeah, they'll find a way to be in that wild card spot. And I, I wouldn't be completely surprised if they were able to make a run up there and do the division. It's just something the Rays have always done. They always seem to find some way to surprise us that way. Um, but looking at fourth in this division, I think a lot, a lot of people expected the Boston Red Sox to be way better um, than they are. And it's really come down to that pitching staff. If you look at the offense over the past month, 
they've been the second best offensive team in baseball behind the Dodgers. Um, and the pitching staff has been, where is that? They were the 23rd ranked pitching staff over the past month. Um, you know, hopefully you're getting the boost when you get Chris Sale back. Eovaldi's looked pretty good in his last couple starts. Uh, Pavetta's pitched pretty decent in his last couple starts, but overall, it just they don't give you a ton of confidence overall in that rotation. Um, and even in the bullpen, I think they just also lost Matt Barnes to the 15-day IL. Not that he's been that great at all this year either. Um, but they just need to, to find either who they want to keep in that pitching staff or get some other guys in there or hope that the return of Chris Sale can really help them out. Um, because right now, being under 500 and doesn't look like they even have a fighting chance in the wild card spot, let alone for this division. Yeah, I, I, my outlook on the Red Sox is a little bit better than yours is, I think. Except on just the the only the thing that really worries me about them is I don't think you're going to end up seeing them be able to make moves later on at the deadline. Because I think if they were able to get two or three bullpen pieces at the deadline. This team, their starting pitching, I think, could be good enough, especially when Chris Sell comes back. Because Nate Evaldi's been good. You know, he's going to be good. He hadn't had a great year so far. But, you know, we've, we've, we've discussed him in the past. It's just, you know, he throws so many strikes. He's going to have one or two games where he gets roughed up a little bit with hard contact. But um, if Chris Sell can come back and be, you know, I won't say that he has to be Chris Sell of, you know, peak Chris Sell. But if he's pretty good... You know, Rich Hill's not horrible. You know, you look at Waka's not horrible. You got some veterans. Garrett Whitlock's been really good uh, as a starter. So, you know, you look at this as a team that I think their starting pitching could put, piece together enough to be good enough. I think the problem you have here is that you can't have a pitching staff and the starting pitching that's just good enough and then have a bullpen that's been like theirs has been so far. I mean, their bullpen has been horrible. Um, and I think that's been a big problem for them. And then you look at their lineup, and I think part of the problems people were that the Red Sox had was at the start of the year they weren't hitting either, but they've really picked it up at the plate, especially with the resurgence of Trevor Story. He had the a horrible April, but his last month has been extremely good. Um, you know, he's he's up to 1.4 WAR on the season now. Um, his WRC plus has gone way all the way up to 111. And then, you, you know, you got your big three hitters, your big two main guys. And Rafael Devers is having an MVP caliber season so far. He's up to three war on the season already. I'd like to see him walk a little bit more, but he's been extremely good. Xander Bogarts has been, you know, obviously as, as typical for him. Underrated, but very good. A 150 WRC+. plus. Not a great shortstop defensively, but he's able to hold it down to a high enough level to, to be able to play there. And, um... You know, between those two pieces and, and the you know the the rest of their pieces, Franchi Cordero has actually been playing pretty well for them too. Um, you know, you kind of look at that and you think that this team could be better than their record is right now. But uh, you know, as you say, it's going to be hard for them to pass the three teams ahead of them. They really needed to not have a bad start in order to get there. And you know, I think there's I think this team's fixable, but you know, you're, you can't put yourself in too big of a hole. Yeah, and I just don't see the moves being able to fix them coming soon enough. Like, they'd have to do those moves pretty soon, um, at least in my eyes, if they want to be able to catch, you know, the, the teams above them um, to, to try and compete for it. But quickly wrapping up with the division, we have the Baltimore Orioles. They've kind of just been what we've expected. Um, you know, they do have a, some 
some highlights this year. Austin Hayes has looked really good. Trey Mancini's, you know, back. He's batting over 300 with a almost 38% on base percentage. He might be a guy that even looked to trade at the deadline. I know he means so much to that to that team and to that community, but um, you know, it might be the time to to sell now and get yourself some pieces for the future. Um, you know, but you've seen guys like Cedric Mullins really struggle. Santander's struggled for the past couple seasons. Um, Ryan Mountcastle was a guy who was really good for them last year. He's been under league average so far this year offensively. Uh, and that pitching staff just, you know, they lost John Means. They've been pretty decent over the past month. Still is like the 11th ranked pitching staff. But, you know, there's just not a ton of guys there that you're looking at for the future, um, you know, that, that are going to be that really fit your timeline and that have been great. Yeah, just just to, to close things on the Orioles, they have some of their prospects coming up. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we talked about Adley Rutschman made his debut this month, and, and it looks like uh, Grayson Rodriguez won't be too far behind. He's been absolutely annihilating the pitching in the minors so far this year. So I, I do think that this team's going to be – they're not going to be great, but they're going to be entertaining here going forward um, over the – you know, over the – over the rest of this season, just because they're going to have some young guys to that are going to be fun to watch. So uh, they've gone from a really bad team that has no fun players to a, to a bad team that's got some fun players and might be worth watching a little bit. Absolutely. Well, let's transition over to the AL Central. We have the Minnesota Twins still leading this division, uh, about four and a half games above the Chicago White Sox. You got the Cleveland Guardians in third, five games back. The Detroit Tigers in fourth at nine games back, and then the Kansas City Royals at the bottom of the division, twelve and a half games back. Yeah, uh, the Twins are still, uh, you know, the Twins are still up here. I'm, I'm not super surprised about that, but um, you know, their pitching's been a little bit better than expected. Joe Ryan's been really good for them. They got it from the Rays last year in the Nelson Cruz trade. Um, Sonny Gray has come back now, and he's pitched extremely well so far. Um, He's looked like a, an ace. And this is a team that, that you know, they lost uh, Chris Paddock, who had looked good to start his season. Um, so that was a bummer for them. But, uh, you know, they're pitching. Bailey Ober's pitched pretty well. Uh, you know, Dylan Bundy, his ERA doesn't show it, but his peripherals show him being more like, you know, a number three, number four type pitcher. He's, he's, he hasn't been bad at all. Uh, and then their bullpen's pitched pretty well. Yoan Duran. Uh, if I can say his name right, is uh, has pitched extremely well, uh, you know, out of that bullpen, and he's looked like a, a breakout star. Um, so this team's been pretty interesting, uh, uh, you know, on the pitching front, and then offensively, uh, you know, they've had some contributions from guys who were expected to contribute, and then they've also gotten some contributions from guys who weren't exactly expected to contribute. You look at uh, Trevor Larnock. Uh, Trevor Larnock has the leads this team in war. Um, and through 32 games, he also, he's only played 32 games. He leads this team in war. Um, you know, he does have a 413 Babbitt, but 155 WRC plus. He's been good defensively. Um, 1.5 war. Max Kepler has had a a a, 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 re, a renaissance this year. Um, he's been really good. Um, Byron Buxton's dealt with some injuries. He's been a little bit disappointing in the slash line. He's hitting for a ton of power, but. Uh, you know, only a 204 average, 281 on base. Um, some of that might be a little bit of small sample size stuff because uh, he has a 195 batting average on balls in play, and there's no way possible Byron Buxton's going to run that that batting average on balls in play with his speed. Pretty much any time he hits the ball on the ground, it's going to be a hit. <laughs> but 
Um, you know, and then they got like Luis Arias has been really good. Um, Jorge Polanco's having a pretty decent year, even though his average is a little bit low. Um, Carlos Correa had missed some time, but he's gotten back into form a little bit. Um, this team's this team's still looking good. I, I don't think they're quite as good as their record is, but in this division right now, as we'll talk about these other teams' struggles, uh, they've been the best team in this division so far. And you know, I still think the White Sox could, could and, and maybe probably will catch them at some point. But um, you know, Minnesota's definitely it's, you know put themselves into into full on contender mode so far. Yeah, Minnesota's looked really well, especially like you mentioned, without having you know Buxton. They've been trying to, um, you know, he's dealt with some hip injury, and they're they're giving him like one day on, and sometimes they'll do two days off, or they'll give him two days playing, and then another day or two off. Um, so they're trying to manage that, and then he's not being able to play defensively. So they've been playing Nick Gordon out there, um, even Royce Lewis, who's a career shortstop in the minor leagues. They threw him out in the center field the other day. Um, he actually made a great play, crashed into the wall, and then had to leave the game because of it. Um, and I think he went on the IL, if I'm not mistaken. But um, they've had they've had some some uh, you know they've had some uh, what am I looking for? They've had some contributions from players that you wouldn't expect. Um, and I think that's the the thing you're going to have to have with the team that you're trying to get into this division. You need the guys like Kepler to come back. You need a breakout from Trevor Larnock. A lot of people were expecting that breakout of Larnock to be a guy like Alex Kirilov this year who had really struggled, and they've demoted him back to AAA. Um, you know, you needed to get Gary Sanchez back to even in a competent offensive level uh, catcher. You needed to bring Carlos Correa and have him be the Carlos Correa he was. And he's shown that as of late. I think he actually ended up going on the COVID IL this week. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what his timeline is. He might even be back. But the Twins have really you know, overachieved in the eyes of what I thought they would do to begin the season. Um, but, you know, the team that has really struggled in this division, that's been the White Sox. We've talked about them so much. Um, being, you know, under 500, still playing 500 ball this past week, but one game under. Um, they also lost Tim Anderson this week. He went on the IL. I believe it was for a hamstring injury. Um, I could be wrong on that I one. But I think it was groin, maybe. Groin, that was it. Um, but they've been a team that's really underwhelmed. If you look at the past month, they've been the 25th ranked team in all of baseball offensively. Now their pitching staff, I believe has been what we kind of expected their middle of the road 13th, but that offense has been so bad. And the defense even has been even worse um, for the white Sox. So they're a team that's really interesting. And there's already been some rumors about maybe La Russa being on the hot seat already. Yeah. I mean, this team, uh, this team, I have, I, I, I'm very conflicted on, on this team because, on one hand, the amount of injuries they've dealt with has been unbelievable. I mean, they've dealt with missing time from pretty much every major contributor now that Tim Anderson's on the IL. Really, the only guy has been Jose Abreu out of their stars that hadn't really missed a lot of time, uh, in their lineup at least. Tim Anderson's only played 40 games, but he just got hurt. Luis Robert's played 33 games. Uh, Andrew Vaughn's played 31 games. Um, and then, you know, you look at their, you, you look at their, these players, all the, all the following players have negative war on the season. Eloy Jimenez, who missed some time, Yon Moncada, Yasmani Grandal, and AJ Pollock all have negative war on the season, which is pretty insane. And, and AJ Pollock has ne negative 0.6 war and Yasmani Grandal, in, who has played all year, hasn't been hurt, 
has negative 0.4 on the season. He's hitting. He's got a 49 WRC plus. Now part of that is Babbitt fueled. He, he's got a 200 Babbitt, but that's uh, those numbers are really rough for this team. Um, but there is some good news for them. Number one, they're only five games back right now, which uh, you know if they were in any other division, you know they could be. If they were in the in the AL East where they played so far, they'd be 15 games out. You know, if they were in the AL West, they'd be 10 games out. In the Central, they're only five games out, and the team that they're chasing down is definitely flawed. Um, and on the other hand, they're about to get some players back. They're about to get Lance Lynn back, and he's going to be a big piece in that rotation, which which their rotation has had some really good bright spots so far because Dylan Cease has been really, really good. Uh, Michael Kopech's been really good. And uh, you look at uh, Lucas Giolito, hasn't maybe been quite at Lucas Giolito yet, but he's been solid. And then if you bring back Lance Lynn and he's typical Lance Lynn, then your one, two, three, four in your rotation is back to being really, really good. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I think that, and their bullpen's been fine. I mean, Liam Hendricks is getting coming around. Kendall Graveman stepped right in and been good. Um, you know, Andrew Bummer's been in his normal self. Um, I think you could probably use a lefty uh, out of that bullpen too. I know B- Bummer's a lefty, but maybe a, maybe more of a an, an elite lefty. But uh, this is a team that they, they've really struggled at times. They they just seem like they haven't gotten into sync. But they're in a division. It's it's a little bit like the Braves last year, maybe where they're in a division that it, they're they're not going to go away. And if they get hot at the right time, they're definitely going to make a run. So uh, you know, it's a team that's tough to. You know, it's kind of tough to judge, but I think they're going to be okay. We expect them to be. It just I don't know when that they need to get those players back and they need to get them back to the level to that we expected them to be to start the season. Um, you know, and I think there might need to be a move or two made just to to get more depth in there to help them out. But it'll be interesting to see you know what they do moving forward. But uh, the Cleveland Guardians at third, you know, only a half game back of the White Sox. You know, a team we probably expected to be right around 500 or just above. Um, they're playing a little worse right now, but you know, the offensively they've been middle of the road, um, and you know, the pitching staff is what we kind of expected to carry them throughout the year. And the pitching staff really hasn't been all that great either. Um, you look at the the past month. You know, Shane Bieber has a four ERA, only a 2.98 FIP, so that's not there. Uh, you know, it doesn't back it up as well. The uh, with the peripherals, Cal Quantrill, he's been pretty decent so far, but McKenzie, I mean, he has a 212 ERA, but a 411 FIP. Um, you know, they've called up Connor Pilkington, I think that's how you say it's, you know, today, yeah, Connor I know. Pilkington. Um, but he hasn't been that great, even though the, the peripherals say he's been better than that. Just this team overall with the pitching, I just don't see the depth there. Please, has been horrible, he's at a, a 579 ERA and a 525 FIP on the year. Um, and the XFIP still says he's supposed to have a middle of the row, a middle four uh, you know, FIP. So I, I just, I don't see what the Cleveland offense has not been great. We kind of expected that, but the pitching staff, we expected to be a lot stronger and they've kind of struggled so far. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think part of the problem with their pitching staff, Shane Bieber isn't the same guy that he was pre sticky stuff band slash injury. I don't know which one it is, but he's not the, he's still been really good. Don't get me wrong. But he's not the like, you know, low twos ERA super ace that he was. Um, and, and then you know Zach Plezak, Aaron Savali, those guys really struggling hasn't helped them at all. 
Um, they are getting some pretty good contributions out of their bullpen from guys who I wouldn't have expected. Um, you know, look at uh, Trevor Steven uh, has a 197 FIP. He's got uh, he does have a four ERA, but I would expect that to come down. We all expected Emmanuel Classe to be really good, but but Eli Morgan is another guy who's been really really good for them in their bullpen. Um, and, and Eniel Dos Santos has been De Los Santos has been really good for them in their bullpen too, along with Sam Hinges. So all these guys ha- have been really really good for them in their bullpen. Um, and then you look at their lineup as a you know they've been good uh, at times. They're kind of a high end low end. Jose Ramirez, uh, you know he's playing at an MVP level this year. He only has a seven percent strikeout rate, <laughs> which is insane. Um, and a really low Babbitt, but he always kind of runs that low Babbitt. Um, and and you look at, I think Andre Jimenez and Owen Miller are a little bit, uh, you know, they've been, been a little bit lucky this year so far. But, uh, you know, uh, Josh Naylor has played really well at the plate, 150 WRC+. plus. He's battled some injuries, but he's been really good. Steven Kwan, you know, he's been, he's been, he's cooled off and he's gotten injured. But he was, you know, his, his plate discipline. This, this is a team that has really good plate discipline. Um, but they're not, you know, I don't just don't think they hit the ball all that hard. I think that's part of their problem. They, they got some, got some issues. One thing that could really help them out is if Fran Mil Reyes figures it out at some point, he's been horrible this year. Uh, you know, minus 0.7 war, uh, and he's got a 56 WRC plus and striking out 40% of the time. So this has the look right now of a team that's going to run a record very similar to what they got so far this year. They're going to be around 500. If a couple of their guys turn it around, I could see them maybe challenging and you know contending to a certain level. They would really have to go grab some pieces at the deadline for for that for me to think that that could happen. But um, we'll see how far out of it they are by the deadline to see if that that's some where they might be where they would look into that. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, Cleveland's a team that uh, you know they've been um, you know they're kind of a middle of the road team. Yeah, they are. And then uh, two backmarker teams. We have the Detroit Tigers at nine games back. Um, the Tigers have been really bad the past month. The offense has been the worst offense in baseball with a negative 0.6 war over the past month. Um, so a month and negative war for your offense is not great. Um, the pitching staff has been pretty good over the last month. I think they've been like 13th. But I wonder how much of that is actually led by Tark Skubal, who's been really, really good this year. Um, you know, a, a 244 ERA and a 204 FIP is really dang good. And, and you know, you've you had injuries to guys like Matt Manning, who's pitched eight innings for you this year, Casey Mize, who's pitched 10 innings for you this year. Um, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, you expected to be, you know, a lot better so far, and he's had a 4.3 ERA and a 404 FIP. I think you expect a little bit better than that. Um, but when you're counting on guys like Bo Brisky to be a starter for you, who's got seven starts so far this year with a 525 ERA and a 670 FIP, um, you're not looking too great. Yeah, I mean, the, the Tigers have been a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, it, it's been just kind of one of those things. They've had some pretty good outcomes with some guys. Alex Lange just looked really good out of their bullpen. Um, he's a former pretty high draft pick out of LSU. Um, you know, the injuries have really hurt them. Obviously we talked about Casey Mize and uh, Matt Manning. Um, You know, they've also had some of their key players on offense get injured a little bit. You know, Baez missed some games, but at the end of the day, if, if Jonathan scope in 2022 is leading your team in war, you're probably not doing so hot. So 
Um, you look at the Austin Meadows trade. He's played 28 games, gotten injured. He didn't hit a home run. Uh, you know, he did have a 114 WRC plus, but still, I mean, you go down the list and um, there's just not a lot that in, that that gives you any confidence in this team. A lot of it's still in the minor leagues, which you know it'll come up eventually. They've had a lot of bad outcomes from guys that had been pretty good in the past, like Jamer Candelario has been really, really rough so far. Um, and uh, the one thing that, that I will say is Spencer Torkelson is starting to get going a little bit more. Um, he's hitting the ball. He's, he's making a little bit more consistent contact. His approach has been a lot better. I could see him really starting to turn around his, his offensive game uh, going forward. Uh, you know, a 264 batting average on balls and play is really low for him. Uh, he only has that 206 average, but his his strikeout rate's been steadily coming down. His walk rate's been steadily going up. Um, he his and, and his counting stats have started going up too. He's he's at a 95 WRC plus now. He was a, he was really really bad for his first few weeks, so uh, that might be something to hang your hat on. Maybe he's starting to come around and, and get going. But uh, you know, a lot of the players that they counted on, like especially Robbie Robbie Grossman's been awful too. Um, really been been disappointing there. So. Uh, a lot of players that they've been counting on have really struggled, and I, I think this team is still, you know, they still got some, still got some work to do before they get into contention level. Yeah, and we'll quickly wrap up on the Royals. Um, over the past month, they've had the worst pitching staff in baseball with a .7 WAR. Um, you know, over the season so far, they've had some guys like Andrew Benintendi's looked really good. Um, you know, Bobby Witt started off pretty slow, but as of late, he's been really well. Um, Hunter Dozier's had a pretty decent season as well. Um, you know, just overall, they're a team that we just didn't expect to be that great. Um, I think Salvador Perez has really struggled this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he, he has, he's been, he's been yeah, really he has, bad. He has negative four war. Um, now I know a lot of that is offensive, but you know, offensive stats, he's a 191, 226 on base and a 362 slugging. He's a WRC plus of 64 so far this year. Um, and Carlos Santana hasn't been much better. He's a 150 average, a 287 on base, and a 242 slugging percentage. Actually, he's been worse, a 60 WRC plus on the season. So, um, you know, you expected Perez to be better. Santana, I don't know if we really expected much. But, uh, you know, offensively, they've had a couple great pieces, or not great pieces, a couple good pieces with Benintendi and Witt. Um, and that pitching staff has just really struggled. Yeah, I mean, the Royals you look at as a team that they've got some uh, some fun young players coming up. Obviously, we talk a lot about Bobby Witt. He started to play a little bit better. Um, you look at, uh, you know, MJ Melendez is up now. He's been playing really well um, since he got the call. You look at uh, Edward Olivares has, has been up some. He's playing pretty decent. Um, you know, they've got a couple guys that have been playing really well in the, in the minor leagues. Uh, Nick Prado and... Um, drawing a blank on the other guy that, that, that I can't pronounce his name, Pasqua, Pasquantino. Yeah. Pasquantino. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been killing it in the minor leagues. So they got some help on the way. Uh, they're pitching, like you say, I mean, this team just continues to bust with pitchers. Um, Brady Singer's actually been really good when he's pitched, but, uh, you know, and, and their bullpen has, has some pretty good pieces too. Uh, you know, Josh Stalmont's been, been really solid. Um, you look at, uh, I, I think, uh, Barlow, Barlow's kind of struggled this year, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got a 171 ERA, but a 419 FIP. So, 
uh, he can kind of go either way, depending on what kind of stats you like to look at. But, uh, I mean, you know, your ace is 39-year-old Zach Greinke. I mean, it, you know, he's got four strikeouts per nine right now. It's just not going to cut it at, at this level. They do still have some guys on the way pitching wise, but it, it's hard to say if they're going to bust two. There's, they got a, they've had a lot of high upside, high risk type guys in that system, and none of them have really seemed to to, to, to figure it out at the big league level. So we'll see what ends up happening. But um, the Royals definitely, I think, out of all the teams in this division, have the least amount of hope for their future right now. Yeah, it's not looking great for uh, for Royals fans. But let's transition over to the AL West where we've seen the Houston Astros take over the division lead and actually pull away to a five and a half game lead over the Los Angeles Angels. The Texas Rangers have actually taken over third place at 500, a seven and a half games back. Uh, the Mariners have fallen to fourth. They've now are seven games under 500 and 11 games back in the division. And the Oakland A's are at the bottom 14 and a half games or 14 games back. Sorry. Yeah, look at the Houston Astros. I mean, I'm not going to say we saw it coming, but they're just they're, that organization is very well run, and um, they're doing a great job. I mean, you look at their rotation. You know, every year they seem to lose a piece and, and then just get better. This year it's, it's without McCullers. And, I mean, Framber Valdez has been extremely good. You look at his strikeouts per nine, not that impressive. Walks per nine, not that impressive. But he's getting the ball on the ground at a 66% rate, which is insanely good. Um, 257 ERA, 63 innings for Framber Valdez. Um, you know, Justin Verlander's come back and just been Justin Verlander. Maybe not quite as many strikeouts as he had, it was getting before Tommy John, but he's been really good. I mean, a 203 ERA. Peripherals don't quite back that up, but they still are thinking low, low threes ERA for him going forward the rest of the season, which is really solid. I mean, Luis Garcia's backed up his rookie year last year with, with a pretty solid, uh, job christian javier has bounced between the rotation and bullpen kind of like he did last year and he's been solid uh in, in both roles uh, you know their bullpen's been pretty good um you know they really haven't had good outings from uh, i believe presley yeah presley's been really rough so far this year on his peripherals now his era is still good but uh he hadn't had the best start and i believe he's also battled some injury a little bit but this team uh you know their lineup you know, they honestly have had a better outcome from Jeremy Pena than they would have gotten out of Carlos Correa, which is pretty insane to me. He's put up 2.2 war so far. And then they got Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, and Jordan Alvarez playing extremely well. Alec Bregman's not quiet back at the, you know, 39 or 40 home run Alex Bregman from a few years ago. But he's been really good. Um, and then uh, really the only player that's really struggled for them lineup-wise that, you know, outside of their catcher spot, which they could definitely use some help. It has been uh, Yuli Gurriel, who looks like he's pro- he might be cooked at this point. You know, he's he's up there in years now, and he's really, really, really struggled at the plate. So, But uh, this team just kind of reloaded, uh, and we expected them to to a certain level, but I don't think we expected this from, from Jeremy Pena, and that's really what's boosted them into that, you know, into, into the number one in the division and, and really being a favorite to challenge the Yankees in the AL. Yeah, Jeremy Pena has exceeded expectations for sure. Um, you know, I was very skeptical of how they were going to replace Carlos Correa. I, I don't, and I don't think that Pena is going to sustain this style of success. Um, I think he, there's some regression probably due there, um, but it, he's done a great job. You know, taking over that starting shortstop role for sure. Um, you know, looking at the Angels who are second in the division, you know they've 
they've fallen off recently. Noah Syndergaard struggled as of late, big time. Um, you know, Otani, you get what you get from Otani when he pitches. He's been really good. A 288 ERA and a 278 FIP over the past month. Patrick Sandoval had a really good start to the season the past month. ERA has been a little struggling, even though the, the peripherals don't back that up as much. Um, you know, they've had some some good players or some good bounce back of players offensively. Mike Trout's looked like Mike Trout. Um, you know, Taylor Ward's been a breakout for them. Rendon's been pretty solid, but I know he's battling an injury again. Uh, Marsh has been pretty decent. Um, you know, Jared Walsh has taken a step back from his last year, what he had. Um, so you, you need him to kind of get that going a little bit more. Otani's been also a step back a little bit from what you expect. He does have 11 home runs and it's, but a 249 batting average and a 324 on base. You expect that to be just a little bit higher at least. Um, so I think it's really just come down to the pitching staff has kind of been catching up to them. I know that bullpen's really struggled as of late. Cindergard's not not being with the level he was to start the season. Um, although they've offensively, there's the past month they were still a top ten offensive team. They still need a little bit of progression there as well, especially if you lost a guy like Anthony Rendon um, for however long he's gone for. Yeah, I agree with you on a lot of that. Um, you know, they're pitching. You know, we knew coming in that there was some some variance there on their outcome from from their pitchers. I think that um, they they have a lot of guys who who's pitched better than their ERA so far this year it has been part of it too. But um, you know, I think that uh, you know you look at like Noah Syndergaard. Uh, you know, he's he's been decent, but he's really just kind of getting back in the swing of things. You might look for him to pitch a little bit better as we go forward. Uh, Shohei's been really really good on the mound. Uh, you know, but I mean, Michael Lorenzen's been okay. Um, you're kind of getting a, a, a good outcome from pretty much everybody. Uh, Reed Detmers, I think, could could start to pitch a little bit better. I know he threw that no hitter, but he's not striking guys out, which is kind of surprising because that's kind of been his calling card in the past has been his ability to strike guys out. Um, and some of their bullpen pieces that they got that they picked up that we praised a lot, like Ryan Tapera has been really, really rough so far. Uh, Archie Bradley's been pretty rough um so you know this is a team that could go either way um you know the, you got Rizal Glacius has pitched well but his his ERA is high uh even though he's I think he's thrown pretty well Aaron Loop kind of the same deal uh in that bullpen so I think they're going to get a little bit better on the mound uh on the at, at the plate they've been really good so far this season but uh, there are a couple things that worry me, and number one is they're striking out a lot. I mean, even Mike Trout this year so far, now he's been great, don't get me wrong, but Mike Trout's striking out 26% of the time right now, and he's carrying a 360 Babbitt, so, you know, that that does worry me a little bit for his ability to sustain what he's doing right now. Now, you know, Mike Trout, even if his batting average drops 20 points, is going to have a, you know, 175, 180 WRC plus. So he's still going to be great. But but the insanely crazy Mike Trout, maybe not quite what he is, has been so far. Taylor Ward's kind of the same way. His strikeout rate's not quite as bad, but his batting average on balls in play over 400. Um, you know, missing Rendon's going is hurting them. Uh, Brandon Marsh uh, has been pretty good this year. But, you know, he's kind of another guy, 31% strikeout rate, 383 Babbitt. He's been a lot – he hasn't been quite as good as his, his numbers are showing. Uh, I do think Shohei will get it going eventually. But this team, um, uh, if he hadn't already, he's got a 130 WRC+. plus. It's kind of hard to see he hadn't been getting it going. But uh, Jared Walsh has started to look a little bit better lately too. But, uh, you know, uh, 
this team is probably a 87, 88 win team as they're currently constructed to me, which is kind of where they're at right now. Second place in this division and a probable wildcard team. Uh, I mean, I kind of would say that's where they're at. So um, I think that this is, I think they'll kind of continue to play like they have so far this year. I think this will be one of those teams that's really streaky though. I think they'll win several, you know, they'll have a three week period where they win, you know, 75% of their games and then have three week period where they really struggle. So uh, that, that's kind of how way this team I think is going to be. But uh, definitely still pretty high on the Angels, and I just don't I don't think they're going to win this division over the Astros. Yeah, would start to to come into the season, I thought they were, but just, I didn't think the Astros would look as good as they have so far, and, and the Angels have really cooled off as of late. Um, and like you mentioned, they're going to be super streaky. They're going to be a team you're going to want to watch for a couple weeks, and then you're going to be pulling your hair out watching the next couple weeks. But uh, a, a team that's kind of surprised me so far, the Texas Rangers being at 500, I thought they'd be worse than this. And they've really done it without their big pieces offensively be doing anything, really. I mean, Corey Seager's a 232 average, a 302 on base, and a 438 slugging. He does have a, a 114 WRC+. plus. He's been their best offensive player per war this year so far. But those numbers aren't numbers you expect from Corey Seager. Um, you know, Jonah Heim's been really well, but he started to face some regression as of late. Um, Adolis Garcia has not been good. I mean, Cole Calhoun has been pretty decent, and he's been hot as of late the past, like, three weeks. Um, Mitch Garver, he's dealing with an, an elbow issue, but he's still DHing, so I'll be interested to see how that, you know, affects him moving forward. Marcus Simeon, he's been really bad this year. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a, a point or negative point one war so far this year. Nathaniel Lowe's been right there with him, but Simeon a 199 average, a 266 on base, and a 274 slugging for a 60 WRC plus on the season. That's not great. Um, but his past two weeks, he's batting 308 with an 815 OPS, uh, and he does. He finally hit his his first homer. And he has nine RBIs on the in the past two weeks. So you know you could see Marcus Simeon that that being the the kickstart to his season that he really starts needing, um, you know, because he's really struggled so far this year. Uh, but the team, the Rangers have just overperformed in my eyes. Martin Perez has been really good, and I know we'll talk about him more later. Um, Dennis Santana, a guy that came from the Dodgers who they DFA'd, he's been really good for them this year. John Gray's really struggled, but you've been getting good performances from Matt Moore out of the bullpen. Brett Martin has struggled, but his peripherals don't quite back that up as much. Um, you know, overall, I mean, the pitching staff hasn't been as bad. I mean, there's definitely room for improvement there, but for a team that's 500, um, you know, overall, it's it's not bad. And, and how bad their offense have been has been so far, it's kind of surprising me that they're at 500. Yeah, this is a team that I think is. Um... I don't think they're a legit 500 team, but it's nice to see them have some some early season success. Uh, you know, you look at uh, I think that Corey Seager is is has been better than he's kind of get credit for. He's only got a 230 batting average on balls in play. This team's been really struggling on balls in play, by the way. Adolis Garcia 270 on balls in play. Uh, he's got a 100 WRC plus, anyways. So he his probably go up a little bit. He's a good defender. Jonah Heim kind of the same thing a 268 batting average on balls in play and he's already been insanely good at the plate and behind the plate so uh this guy this guy's been really solid but you kind of look at this team and and like you mentioned uh you know marcus Simeon really struggled to start the year uh you know he started to get going a little bit and and there's really not that much there that just 
stands out as, oh my God, he's been horrible. I, I don't think he's, you know, I think he's just had some bad luck. He maybe he's just, you know, he's not hit the ball quite as hard or, or there's just something. Maybe he's pulling it a little too much. But there's nothing like super red flaggy about his start. Uh, pitching wise, they're going to regress here. Mark Perez, he's not going to keep pitching at a 142 ERA. Although I do think they have something here that is better than what they kind of expected to get coming in. Dane Dunning, I think, is actually pretty good. Um, <clears throat> he's been a lot better than his 431 ERA. And then you look at um, you look at the rest of the staff, and man, they're just they're going to regress. Dennis Sinhan is not very good. He's only striking out five guys per nine innings. His his stats right now are good, but that's not going to continue. Uh, I could see John Gray maybe improving a little bit, but he hadn't really been able to stay healthy. Um, I mean, you know, most of this off most of this pitching staff is just not much there. So um, this team. It's a nice story that they're up there right now, but they're going to struggle going forward. They're probably the fourth best team in this division, in my opinion. They'll be pretty good bit under 500 by the end of the season, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, speaking of the fourth place team in this division right now, it's it's the Seattle Mariners. And I was a proponent or a guy that was really pushing for the Mariners, saying that they were better than a lot of people expected. Last year was kind of the start of it. And they've really let me down. And that run differential difference we saw last year has really come back. Um, you know, to really prove that they weren't as great of a team as they were last year. You've still had great performances from a guy like Ty France. This past month, he has batted 355 with a 427 on base and a 473 slugging, a 174 WRC plus uh, on the month. Julio Rodriguez has been really good this past month as well. 309 batting average, a 339 on base and a 527 slugging. You finally have been able to see that breakout that we were kind of mentioning that he was going to get to um, with all those high strikeouts was going to come down some. This past month was still 25.2%, but there's still some room there. Um, you know, Adam Frazier has been pretty decent for them. Eugenio Suarez kind of really struggled, but overall, you know, overall this team, they just, I don't, I thought they would be so much better and it just doesn't seem like they're ready for that jump. And it's basically what you've been saying all year long. They're probably a year away and that kind of really seems to be the case. Now you've seen good performances from a guy like George Kirby since he's come up. Logan Gilbert's been really good this year. Robbie Ray has really struggled. You know, Matt Brash, they already sent him down and moved him to the bullpen in the minors so far. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know what the rest of the season brings, but it does seem right now that the Mariners are that next year kind of a way. Yeah. And, and I agree the Mariners, they've really needed every one of their young guys to, to immediately succeed for them to be a, a legit contender. But I think the Mariners should consider this season so far a success because they're, they, they weren't going to make the playoffs. That was just kind of a, you know, in my opinion, that was kind of a pipe dream for them. I know they did great last year record-wise, but they were nowhere near as good last year as their record ended up being. But they've gotten breakout from Ty, real breakout from Ty France. Even though he kind of broke out last year, he's been fantastic this year. J.P. Crawford has broken out this year. He's been really, really good. Uh, obviously, Julio Rodriguez has had some immediate success. Maybe not quite to the level some people were hoping for, but he's been good. Eugenio Suarez has bounced back pretty well. His strikeout rate's still a little bit high, but he's got a 123 WRC+, plus, playing solid defense, being back at third base. He's been solid. Um, and then pitching-wise, I mean, 
you know, George Kirby's come up and pitched extremely well. Logan Gilbert's taken that step forward that we were that they were hoping to see. So that's two pieces that that you know for the future that have been really really good so far. Um, you know, I, I still didn't don't love the Robbie Ray pickup from them this offseason. They paid him a lot of money for a guy that was probably coming off the best season he's ever going to have. He has been better than his 4.75 ERA, but you know, his velocity's down a little bit. He's not he's walking more guys than he did last year even though it's not really a super big problem yet with the walks like it has been in the past. It's not as good as it was last year and uh, you know, he's getting the the ball's getting hit in the air a lot. He's giving up a lot of home runs, but uh, you know, uh, this is a team that you know they they're going to have guys come up and take lumps, and, and I think they people needed to kind of understand that. Uh, Matt Brash is is a perfect example. He's a guy that he probably shouldn't have been in the big leagues this year, and he he's never been able to throw strikes, but he's got great stuff, and he's got to learn some. You just got to make adjustments, and it's good to get a, a cup of coffee. And and, and the fact that the, that Jared Kellenick didn't take that step forward really hurts them too. He was horrible at the big league level, 52 WRC plus, uh, you know, zero war, 38% strikeouts. And then uh, Jesse Winker being really bad has hurt them too. Although I don't know if that's, if he's going to sustain being this bad. I think he's better that he's, he's played better than his, you know, his 213, 312, 287 uh, slash line has been. He's, he's, you know, his plate discipline's still good. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely an, a team that, there has some good, good, some some good signs going forward, but right now they're probably a year away, especially being this far behind the division. Yeah, I don't think Jesse Winker, you know, stays being this bad either. They did get Kyle Lewis back as well, um, yeah. and he looked really good. And then he got hit in the head and actually went on the concussion IL today. Um, and they activated Abraham Toro, who was had a good like week before he got put on IL. But it does seem like they're that little step away um, for sure. But we'll look at the the last team in this division, and that's the Oakland A's at 14 games back. The A's, we knew they were going to be bad. We've talked a lot about with their fire sale, the trade of Matt Chapman and of um, Matt Olson and the trade of Sean Manaya. The one piece they do have left is Frankie Montas, and he's been really good. This past month, he has a 231 ERA, a 257 FIP, and a 250 XFIP. So all the peripherals back up what he's doing. And I expect that the A's are going to get, you know, a decent package for him when they do decide to trade him. If I'm the A's, I look to start trading him now to one of those teams that need like to, to the twins. Like, Hey, are you going to be the first one to jump on it? Like you need a starter. Are you going to be the one to do it? Who, one of these teams that needs that starter for the next year or so, like the A's should try jumping on Montas right now when his value is probably as high as it's going to be. Um, cause if he has a bad couple months or he gets an arm injury and you get to the deadline, maybe you can't trade him at that point, or you're going to get significant less value for him. Um, uh, so it might be a thing that, that they should look at that early. Cause you already know you're going to be out of it. And somebody might pay the premium to get that guy in their rotation a month earlier than they normally would, uh, or two months earlier than they normally would just to, to help make that extra little push. Um, you know, you've had. You've had good performances from Paul Blackburn, even though the, the the peripherals don't back it up, a 262 ERA with a 407 FIP. Uh, but then you have a guy like Lou Trevino, who has an 831 ERA and a 141 FIP and a 222 XFIP. So, uh, you know, the A's have used a ton of different pitchers. They're all around. You know, there's some variety between them all. The offense has been historically bad. 
Like the offense is terrible. The the past month, their highest um, leader in WAR was Seth Brown at .5 WAR, and he had a .222 average, a 300 on base, and a .457 slugging on the month. That's not great at all. Yeah, I mean this team. Um, you know, you kind of hit the main points for me. I think pitching wise. You know, Paul Blackburn breaking out a little bit. It's been nice for them. Um, you know, Frankie Montas, everyone knew he was good, and he's been probably even be- he's probably been the best year of his career so far. Uh, they've also gotten a couple good uh, outcomes out of the bullpen. A.J. Puck is a guy who's a former top prospect and high draft pick that's, that's done well so far this year. Um, he's got to kind of look, look – look at going forward uh and then you look at their but you look at their lineup and i mean sean murphy's been pretty good especially defensively i mean a good defensive catcher uh but you know his bat's been okay 94 wrc plus you'll take that from a starting catcher um but his babbit's also pretty low so you you kind of expect his numbers to come up a little bit and kind of regret or i guess get back to kind of you know his is not going to stay that that low all year if he continues to hit the ball like he has so far. So, you know that's a nice piece, and that's another piece they'll probably look to move in the future because of of uh, Shea Langoliers being in the upper minors, probably being ready soon. Um, it's been nice to see Elvis Andrews actually make a contribution a little bit this year. His WRC plus over a hundred. Uh, that's been kind of fun to see. Uh, you know, but there's just not a lot to like about this team right now. They're definitely uh, you know kind of full beginning of full-blown rebuild mode uh which is not exactly what you like to see so um they uh they definitely need to, uh get going and, and one guy that they, they would really like to get going is christian pache he is his swing is just completely out of whack and he's got a 36 wrc plus on the season which is unbelievably bad so uh this team definitely needs to get going a little bit with some of their young guys up at the big league level already but uh it's it's mainly just kind of wait it out until your minor leaguers are ready. So, Yeah, and that's the situation they've kind of put themselves in, and we've highlighted that enough. It's going to be some rough, you know, next four to five seasons for the Oakland A's, um, unfortunately. But uh, this was supposed to be a, a full AL and NL division breakdown. We went kind of long on this side, so what we will do is we'll just end this one at the AL division breakdown. We'll come back next week with the NL division breakdown. Um, but I, I think it's kind of needed. We kind of needed to go more in depth um, on everything and hit on every team a little bit more than uh, we probably were planning on doing. But uh, before we wrap up this episode, you got anything else you wanna you wanna hit on? Well, we're gonna do our players of the week. So oh, that's right, players of the week. Let's. I totally <laughs> forgot that part of it. So let's jump to that. Who do you have for your hitter this week? So uh, the hitter I picked this week was Paul Goldschmidt. Um, he hit 409 on the average, 500 on base, 1,000 slugging, hit four home runs. Uh, that's in six games this week. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's been absolutely unbelievable this year. Um, he has been a – he actually had another great game today. Uh, you know, another hit and, and two walks today. But uh, he's got a 196 WRC plus on the season. Um, he looks like Paul Goldschmidt did back in his Arizona days, like in 2015 when he put up seven war. Uh, he looks just like that guy so far this year. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, one of the most underrated things about him is how good of a base runner he is. Um, I know, that, you know, this his stolen base numbers have come down from his peak, but still, um, Paul Goldschmidt's a really, really, really good first baseman. Um, and, uh, you know, he's continuing to play like it, and I think he will be great the rest of this year. I mean, the worst season of his career at the plate 
was a 117 WRC plus in 2019 in his first year with St. Louis. And at 34 years old, he's just getting better and better. So Paul Goldschmidt, my player of the week, just been going crazy this week. He's been going crazy this year. Oh, yeah. Um, but this week alone, um, Paul Goldschmidt's always been one of those guys I've considered super underrated. Being able to watch him a lot when he was in Arizona, um, you know, I kind of realized early on how good he really was. And I don't think most of the national baseball people understood it. And I think now with St. Louis, I don't know why, because it's more just towards the East Coast baseball or whatever, but I feel like people are starting to kind of take that recognition of how good Paul Goldschmidt really is. Um, and especially this year with the season he's having, uh, but this week alone, batting 400 or 500 on base, you know, 0.7 war, it was uh, it was pretty insane. But for my hitter this week, I ended up going with uh, Evan Longoria from the San Francisco Giants. He recently got activated from the IL, uh, and this week he went a 316 average, a 409 on base, an 1105 slugging for a 302 WRC plus and 0.6 war. Uh, had five homers, five runs, nine RBIs. And he did that all while having a .167 batting average on balls in play. So he was extremely low batting average on balls in play and still hit 316 with a 409 on base percentage. So Paul Gold or no, not Paul Goldschmidt, Evan Longoria, uh, you know, he might be the kick for that San Francisco Giants team that they've been looking for as that veteran um, to come in and kind of help solidify things and get them kick started. Yeah, for sure. Evan Longoria is still really so- a solid player at age uh, 36, and uh, I think he's going to be a nice piece for them. Uh, you know, coming in there at third base, and and really, really probably probably an improvement over what they've been running out there at third base. But uh, but then uh, you know, my my player this my pitcher this week was um, going to be Martin Perez, who we talked about a little bit earlier. But Martin Perez had two starts this week, and, and he, you know it was kind of a Martin Perez type of starts, uh, you know, with the, with the low walks, uh, you know, being the the primary thing there. Uh, just uh, in 14 innings, only uh, only had two walks, uh, 7.07 strikeouts per nine. I believe that's what, like 18, 19 strikeouts. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, tw- about 12 strikeouts this week. 11 strikeouts, something like that. But, um, yeah, I only gave up one run in in his two starts, 14 innings. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, pretty solid. Gets the ball on the ground a lot. It's kind of been a microcosm of his season so far. And and averaging seven innings to start there, too. You know, with that Texas bullpen, the way they've been, that's, uh, you know, that's something that is very, very good for them to have a guy that's going to get the ball deep into the games. And uh, Martin Perez has been really – a large part of them getting back to 500 after their horrible start they had this year. So uh, definitely like what he did this week. And uh, I would have picked Sandy Alcantara or, or, uh, you know, or Aaron Nola or somebody, but they had one start. And I wanted to go with a guy with two starts and, and Martin Perez had two really good starts. So uh, definitely good, good on him. Yeah. It's been good for Martin Perez to kind of have a, a rejuvenation um, of sorts back in Texas where he, it all started for him. Uh, before I go to mine, I feel like we can just mention Sandy Alcantara in this segment every single week and just have it be like the, the shows one because man's insane. I mean, he went eight, what was it? Eight innings with 14 strikeouts against the Braves this week. Like I think we can just pick him all the time. He, if we really want to, I believe he pitched into the ninth inning actually. And, uh, where he started the ninth inning and gave up a 
maybe a, a, a hit, and then they pulled him, and the, uh, back, then the guy that came in gave up a couple runs. But Yeah, that is right. Game. Yeah, and, and Aaron Nola, same that. thing happened to Aaron Nola this week against Atlanta. He was pitching into the ninth inning. They were trying to get him the shutout. He gave up a double, and then like two wild pitches or something, or wild pitch, and then the reliever came in and gave up a gave up the run. But uh, definitely, um, definitely uh, a couple guys that pitched well this week. So, yeah. So uh, to finish it up, my player or my pitcher this week, I ended up going with Devin Smeltzer. Um, you know, a guy they got in return for the from Brian Dozier. Uh, not a high rated prospect, but a guy who's you know, had some major league time this week. He had two starts, went seven innings against the Royals, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts, no earned runs. And then in six and two thirds against the Tigers, gave up six hits, two earned runs, no walks, four strikeouts. Um, you know, for the week he had a uh, 0.5 WAR with a 132 ERA and a 190FIP. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, only the one walk, so it was a 0.66 walks per nine, and a, not not too much on the strikeouts per nine, but 6.5 or 5.9. But overall, a feel good story for a guy who's not a high rated prospect, um, not really well known. Um, but to have two really good starts this week and, and be uh, be in contention for the our players of the week. Yeah, I want to shout out one more guy on the players of the week here, pitchers of the week, and uh, we don't really we don't usually do this, but you know with relievers. But Josh Hader had three more saves this week, and I just wanted to shout him out because he has a zero ERA so far this year. Uh, he has not given up a, a, a nerd run yet, and a 110 FIP, which means that his ERA probably shouldn't be. He's not gonna. He's not gonna give. He's gonna give up a run at some point this year, but um, he's not gonna give up many. And uh, he he's been insanely good. But he had three save, three more saves this week, three more scoreless outings. I, I just wanted to shout him out real quick because um, you know we don't usually shout out relievers because they don't pitch very often. But he's been insanely good. Absolutely, it's very deserved for Josh Hader. Uh, I had saw that he hadn't given up a run this year, and I, I had to double-check that because I didn't believe it. But, yeah, you are right. He has not given up an earned run this year. That's insane so far as we're, you know, starting June. Uh, so it's pretty impressive. But uh, anything else you want to wrap up on this week? I believe that's it. All righty. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Batflip Podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.